You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. On today's episode, I want to talk to you about a question that I get asked pretty commonly um, in some form or fashion by patients in my office, but more often this is a question that comes from friends or family members in different parts of the country. And I think unfortunately I may not leave you with a simple answer, um, but I actually may leave you with more questions. And I think it's important. So I'm going to start more with when patients are in the office, and I really encourage them to ask questions if I've met them just once or twice. And they always seem to ask, well, you know, how do I pick the right surgeon? And, you know, are you going to operate on my knee? Um, And how do I know I'm in the right place? So there's a few things really to think about as a patient. You know, obviously you want a good skilled technician. You want someone that's going to do the operation well, Um, And also, you want somebody with good bedside manner because it would be great to have both. Some people say, I don't care what the bedside manner is like. I'd rather just have the good technician. And you may still wind up with a good outcome. But especially when we talk about knee replacement surgery, a lot of the end result, you know, is not specifically based on what happens in the operating room, but also what starts preoperatively as far as the education and the planning, making sure that you're optimized as well as the post-operative rehabilitation. And you want to make sure that there's a good communication between you and your doctor and his staff. Because if you run into problems and you can't get in touch with the staff or the doctor, you're probably not going to have a good outcome if those problems aren't addressed in a timely fashion. So one of the first things, you know, I let patients know when they ask, you know, and they always seem to be concerned or shy or they feel like they're asking a bad question, they'll say, well, how many of these do you do or how many have you done? And I think that's an excellent question because actually it used to be there were numbers where the predominant number of total hip and total knee replacements in the U.S. were done by surgeons that were actually quite low volume. And there's a catch-22 because you may actually have some incredible surgeons out there. There may be one in your area that is just really good with his hands, that he's great at everything that he does. But what a lot of studies have shown and what we see in a lot of things around the world is that you get really, really good at something by doing it a lot and practicing it. Um, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, he's got his book, Secrets of Success. I think in that, I think he talks about 10,000 hours is sort of the magic number where you can become really, really good at something if you do it over and over again. Um, So you try to find a surgeon, preferably, that performs at least 50 or 100 a year. But when you get surgeons that perform 200, 300, 500 or more, you know, those surgeons just due to repetition tend to be able to take care of all the issues and they can deal a lot more with some of the complex issues. And again, not to say that there's a surgeon that does less of these um, that isn't great, 
but you probably are going to play the odds. And if you have a surgeon who's high volume, um, there is a greater chance that you may get a better outcome in that person's hands. So I always tell people, honestly, like year to year, what my numbers are. Um, And most years it's over 150 knees and 150 hips. And I think that puts a lot of peace to the patient and gives them sort of the peace of mind. And also how long you've been in practice. It's funny. I mean, I've been in practice now 15 years. And when I was younger, I used to have patients that were really nice and they would say, you know, I'm sorry, but you're really young and I'm going to see one of your senior partners because I want somebody with more experience. And on the flip side, I also saw patients that saw my senior partners and said, hey, I was seeing Dr. So-and-so, but I'm here to see you because I want someone younger that's cutting edge and may have, you know, the latest technologies um, at the disposal of their hands. So at the end of the day, I look at all of those are good reasons and most importantly, you want the patient to be comfortable because if you're not comfortable with the doctor and the team, um, you may have a lot of questions and if something does go wrong, because it can happen, you might always question, well, maybe I shouldn't have chose that surgeon or that hospital. So you want to make sure that you're comfortable with your decision, that you pick a good surgeon ask them questions, you know, and most surgeons know what their complication rates and know what their numbers are. So when patients ask me, how many did you do last year? How many years have you been here? What is your infection rate? What is your complication rate? What is your transfusion rate? How many, you know, how much uh, time do patients spend in the hospital versus outpatient versus going home versus nursing homes? Those are all really important questions to ask. And you should expect that your doctor, if they're a high volume surgeon, knows the answers to those questions. Because the next kind of two most common things that I see patients get sent in and they're still questioning, am I in the right place, is their primary doctor referred them. And that's usually a pretty good start because, you know, if your primary doctor has been in town for a while and the surgeon's been in town for a while and they see the patients, they understand, hey, if I'm sending my patients to Dr. So-and-so, and they all come back and have complications and problems, I'm probably not going to keep referring my patients to that doctor in town and I'm going to find someone else. So if your primary care doctor has a lot of faith in the surgeon that they're sending you to, that's a good sign. Um, The other thing, and I always say, take this with a little bit of a grain of salt, is you have a friend who saw the doctor and really liked them. You know, so if they saw them for a different problem and didn't need surgery, may have been the nicest doctor in the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the best doctor for your knee replacement. And again, if you've seen one person um, and one friend who had surgery by this doctor and had a great outcome or a bad outcome, again, that's one person. Um, So they may be the lucky one and all the rest of the outcomes were terrible or hopefully vice versa. They were the one complication that that doctor had in a long time. So one friend that has the outcome is a good starting point. But again, once you get in the door, do not be afraid to ask those questions. Um, the next thing, which is really important, and you know, the idea of what's called board eligible or board certified doesn't really hold a lot of weight, um, especially early on, because when people get out of training and fellowship, there's a period of time where they're what's called board eligible. So they need a period of time in practice for them to generate a number of cases and then take another set of their boards, it's like their third set at that point, to become board certified. Um, And just because somebody is board eligible in 
early parts of their career does not mean that they're a bad surgeon. Um, So look at that, and again, take that with a grain of salt. Um, But the other thing I think which is really important for the total joint world is, you know, take a look and find out. You can go online, and I'll put a little tag in the um, show notes. Um, See if they're a member of the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons. So there's a lot of academies out there, the Academy of uh, AAOS, the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons, and there's a bunch of other groups and academies and societies. Um, This association is a association specifically for surgeons that perform joint arthroplasty. And to be a member, um, part of the rules and regulations are you have to perform at least 50 total joints a year. So at least by a a doctor being a part of this association, you at least have an understanding that they're at least doing 50 of these total joints a year. And they're also involved in this association in an attempt to further their education, um, which also leads to a better outcome for you. When you look at the numbers um, on the computer and on the internet, I always tell people, you know, take that with a grain of salt because you look at different patient rating scores and this company scores and this association um, and even sometimes um, national numbers that look at complications. And again, take that with a grain of salt because, you know, the problem is you may have a doctor that does all of his surgeries at one hospital um, and whenever he has a complication, he has privileges at another hospital. So he takes all of his complications down the street. And it makes that first hospital and that doctor and his surgeries look perfect. He's got like a 100% success rate. Um, But you don't know about those other complications because he's doing them somewhere else. And the other thing, though, is when we look at complications, it doesn't really stratify, you know, are you a referral doctor in town who all of the other doctors send their infections to and their complications to and their super, super complicated, high-risk patients to? Because that doctor may have some numbers that look concerning to a person just looking at the data and saying, oh, wait, there's, they have an infection and a complication and their length of stay is higher and their transfusion rate's higher. But you don't necessarily know, was that the doctor that had all of these special complex problems sent to him and maybe complications that were caused by other surgeons, and now the surgeon is taking care of those. So you always just want to ask the questions. You know, if you see something that looks concerning, you know, ask the question. They may have a very good answer for you, and that's going to put you at ease. Um, The other thing, and this is the thing that I think um, would probably be one of the hardest things to do, but it's a really good thing to do, especially if you have the rapport, is if you want to find out who in your town does a good total knee and has good outcomes... One of the best people to ask, in my opinion, actually, are the physical therapists in town. And I'm not sure that many physical therapists, if you just kind of cold call them, are going to be willing over the phone to basically give their thoughts to a stranger on who they think does great total knees and who to stay away from. And sometimes they may not even be comfortable saying who they think is the best or the top three, but sometimes you can ask them, hey, um, if I were you, who would you avoid or who would you stay away from? Um, and that's sometimes a good start. So if you're in therapy for your knee or for something else and you're contemplating a total knee replacement, that may be a question that you can bring up with the therapist since you've gotten to know them and they know you. But that honestly, and my friends that are physical therapists in other parts of the country, I mean, they know. 
they see the patients after surgery. So they know, you know, whose wounds look good, who has complications, who has stiff knees, who has painful knees, whose patients have longer recoveries, shorter recoveries. Um, so that's that's one of the greatest spots that you could gather some information because sometimes if you know somebody that works in the hospital, say an anesthesiologist or a nurse or a tech, you know, they're only seeing the operation. So they may not necessarily know how the patients do before or after surgery, but it is a nice point that if someone says, hey, you know, I work with a lot of docs and this guy has good hands, you know, that means something. Um, so all of this information is is really, really important. So again, like I said, the question that I have a lot of patients ask me is, you know, should I have surgery with you or how do I know that I'm in the right place or you're the best surgeon for me? Um, and again, the question that I get asked even more so from friends and family members around the country is in my area, how do I pick a good surgeon? And like I told you, I'm probably going to leave you with more questions than answers, but I think it's really important to one, be open and honest, ask questions you know, are you a member of the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons, which means they at least do 50 a year? And how many cases do you do? How many joint replacements do you do per year? How many years have you been in practice? What is your infection rate? What is your complication rate? What is your transfusion rate? You want to have a good understanding that the doctor knows his numbers and he's open and honest with you. Any doctor that feels threatened by you asking those questions, I would say get up and leave and go find someone else because any doctor that I know um, should be and is comfortable answering all of those questions to any patient. And if you don't know the the exact number offhand, they can give you a ballpark or check on it with their hospital and get back to you. Um, But definitely if somebody gets angry at you for asking those questions, I would get up and leave. Um, You know, the next thing, again, a friend or preferably multiple people that you know that have had good outcomes is better than just one individual. But again, you know, an individual or friends that have had a good experience with the doctor is another good sign. Your primary, if you've known them for a while and they've been in town for a while and they continue to refer patients to this particular doctor, that is a good sign. Um, and, And the other important thing too is making sure that you not only enjoy and like the doctor, but the staff in the office is accommodating. If you have a question or you have a problem before or after surgery and you do not feel that you can communicate with the doctor, the nurse, the staff, that's a problem because you want to be able to get answers to those questions and problems and get things taken care of before they become a potential issue or complication. So that's another caveat and a factor. And again, the last thing, you know, which I always tell people, but again, it's it's hard. You may not, unless you know a physical therapist or in physical therapy, get a person that's comfortable answering this question. You know, but if you know a therapist in town, ask them, you know, hey, who are your top three knee surgeons? Or if they're not comfortable doing the top three, sometimes spin that question another way and say, hey, if I were you, could you name one or two or three doctors that you would recommend I avoid if I'm looking for a knee replacement? So, you know, again, this, uh, some, some people and some surgeons may not like, um, this amount of honesty, but I think it's important. Um, I'm always honest with my patients and, and, uh, you know, I think that helps. Um, and you want to find a good technician. That's extremely important. And at the end of the day, the important thing is that you want to be comfortable walking in the door, having surgery, and 
you want to have a good outcome. So, you know, I hope this this has given you a little bit of food for thought and maybe stimulated you um, to write down some of the questions that are important to ask the doctor that you're going to have surgery with in the hopes that you can find a good surgeon um, that will take care of you well and will help you get a good outcome. So thanks again for listening. Um, If you've enjoyed what you're hearing, uh, please rate and review and refer a friend. Um, It's the ratings and reviews that help other people like you find this podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. Stay safe. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.